What's poppin'? We started off week like a Sunday. Hey, right now y'all listening to Sucker Free Sundays with Dean Cloudy J. Hey, how I stay sucker free? Every weekend, I gotta turn on the Anita Baker just to get it poppin' so I can get it clean right in the crib. Ooh, it's gotta be spotless. Welcome to another edition of Sucker Free Sunday, Got Five on It, a podcast that explores storytelling through music, lists, and conversation. I'm your host, Devoy May. So welcome to another edition of Sucker Free Sunday, Got Five on It, the podcast that explores storytelling through music, lists, and conversation. I am your host, Devoya Mayo, and this week, our guest is my friend, Tim Z. Hernandez. Welcome to the spot, Tim. How you doing? Oh, thank you so much. You know, it's always a pleasure talking with you. It's like it's like going home again, so I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm excited about this. I've all, you know, oh, good. I've had many conversations about music and, and culture and what have stories, and so yeah. Yeah. Excited. Thank you. For it's, it's just like one of our conversations. We're just sharing it with others. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's- and that's probably the part that makes me a little nervous, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also have an edit button in this situation. So if we get too deep and it's just between us, or if we get to, you know, whatever, we can always modify those things. So, so that's beautiful also. Nice. All right. Uh, so the premise of the show is to have folks create a five song playlist. Um, and that playlist is usually based on a theme or a question. And then they break down what those songs mean to uh, them and uh, why. And yours, uh, your five song playlist today, I feel like, it, are we, is it storytellers? Did we land on the theme of yep. storytellers? Kind of, yeah. Poets and storytellers. Yeah. And- yeah. Our people. Our people, the bars. Our people, yes, yes. And for those who may not be familiar with you, would you mind just doing a little brief intro, like some yeah. Tim Z Hernandez highlights, as it were? <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, my name is Tim, and um, I love stories and writing, and, you know, I'm a dad and a teacher, and, you know, I'm all about the community as much as I can get out there, as much as my time permits, for sure, right. you know, obviously, um, music's always there, you know, music to me is always, always playing, it's always the soundtrack to what makes me, what makes my day, to be honest, you know, mm-hmm. I do- it's what uh, determines how I'm going to rise up and how I'm going to, uh, you know, sit down. <laughs> so- Word. Yes. Who I am. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so we start off. Man, you started off as, as the as the song goes, coming in hot. You came in with "Love and Hate" by uh, the brilliant Michael uh, Kaiwanuka um, from his second studio album. Um, he's a London-based singer-songwriter. I don't know that much about Michael, and this is the first time I've heard the song. And would you mind um, sharing a bit about why you chose it? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, you know, I mean, 
you know, we've had many conversations. I love digging into, you know, I'm as much a music geek as anybody else, I guess. You know, I mean, I really like digging into who the artists are and all that. Mm. For me, for me lately, I go through waves. For me lately, it starts with the lyrics, you know, the stories, what they're saying, uh, how they're saying it. Um, and, you know, is it opening me up to new ideas, new ways of thinking about myself in the world? And his, his, his lyrics do that. But... But also, I think what makes Michael Kamanuka a, a storyteller is that aside from just the story he's literally giving us, he creates a whole sort of soundscape, a whole ambiance around that. Like he gives us the context and the story at the same time. And um, this song is a song that, you know, to me, to me what it means to me is uh, he's sort of just one man in the world trying to figure it out. And, and so the song's called Love and Hate. Um, but he's kind of doing this thing of like looking at his own sort of you know going inward inward out working from the inside out you know he's looking at his own flaws his own uh, humanity and then trying to figure out where that fits in into the bigger picture into the world and what you know so for me it's really aligned with kind of where i've been for the last few years of my life and so this is some one of the songs that i've played over and over but again it's because uh, i i consider him a storyteller and a poet because um not just the message he's telling us, but also the sound and the music he's giving us around it, the mood, the context. It's so, it's, he really takes us to somewhere else, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I can say about it is, that's what it does for me. It really transports me. And do you get this sense from him? Because when I first heard of him, um, it was, you know, I guess because he is from London, um, there was just this sense of there's this new person and, they're going to change all these things but i did not get that sense from him i got the sense just like you said i've lived this particular life this lens that i have is a lot different from other folks you know um you know an african-american man living in london um and just the, the layers are just so stacked and he has um a very um i don't know why i always think of curtis mayfield when i think of him He's the sort of storyteller that is, it's got a warm palette, but the message is very, it's very poignant and it's, it doesn't hold back either. And so I just get this sense that a lot of new artists such as himself, which I still consider him sort of a new artist, have this um, added layer of we want, people want to already um, say who we are. But we're telling you who we are <laughs> you know we don't have to be like all these other things and this is our experience and i love the way you just explained that was in tandem with what you were feeling at the time and i think it's um it, it speaks volumes as to where we are with singer songwriters because I, I don't think he would have been considered that like 20 years earlier you're right and you know the thing with singer songwriters uh which is kind of my that's my bag i feel like the singer songwriter uh genre you know mm -hmm. is that they're they're always trying to they're poets you know and like i said right. and they're always trying to f look at the particulars and come up with songs that have never been spoken uh, you know that or not that haven't been addressed before you know subjects that have but 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 not in that way they're they find new ways to do that very much like like a poet you know find mm -hmm. a new way to talk about an old idea and for someone to come out you know out with a song that's just called love and hate which is the biggest 
you know, look, <laughs> look, I'm a writing I'm a writing professor. And so if a student comes into class and says, professor, I'm going to write a poem about love and hate. <laughs> I'm like, oh, are you? Okay. Uh-huh. All right. That's All right. Like, we'll see. <laughs> distractions you can, you know, and, and the biggest sort of themes you can take on and how are you going to do that? You're going to have to get really particular with things and really get deep with who you are and be real if you're going to talk like that. Mm-hmm. And he does that. That's why I was like, love and yeah. hate. And then I hear the song and I'm just like, I mean, his, his, his opening, standing now, calling all the people here to see the show. That's, he's just like, that's oh. calling all the people here to see the yes. show. Yes. You know, it's like, and then he's going to tell you what the show is, you know, which mm-hmm. is, oh, man, it's, um, and then also you mentioned some of the influence. I, I feel like, you know, you hear Curtis Mayfield. I hear also Marvin Gaye. Um, I hear, um, in this song particularly, uh, Marvin Gaye's song. I didn't even think of that. Mark, make me want to holler. You know, it's a inner city. Uh, yeah. Inner city blues. That's it. Inner City Blues makes me want to holler. Like that sort of scatting and that ambient sound in the background that Marvin Gaye's. Yeah. Like, I don't try it, but you know, he just has this sort I of. I did not catch that. It's almost like you're, it's almost like he's watching people walk across the street, sort of, you know, uh, along the sidewalk, and he's just kind of observing. That's the sense I get when I hear Marvin Gaye's song. Mm-hmm. And same thing. He opens it up with this ambient sound and then kind of like a scat uh, over it. And he's just kind of like watching the people go back and forth. And then he's, it's very much to me, uh, a sort of a nod to Marvin Gaye's song, I think. Yeah, that's a, that's a good observation. And I like those sort of songs that can, um, you can create your own scene. Like you can make your own video based oh. on what you're hearing. Like it doesn't have to look like what someone else feels like it is, you know? Um, I'm, I've always been a fan of that. Yeah, because, you know, some people will see in the cities, they'll see folks, people walking down sidewalks. I see in El Paso tumbleweeds, you know, going down sidewalks. So. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I'm from the Central Valley. You know, I saw dry. I saw all of that, too, man. Yeah, <laughs> but you're right. right. If we're from, you know, it's, it's all about where we are in life and, and, and you know, our space. And you are right. I, I did see a little tumbleweed situation myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned that um you're a teacher as well um i have f- uh quite a few educator friends do you um incorporate music in your class at all um i have a history teacher friend i think that you know paul gilmore and yeah. one of the things that amazed me about paul is is his light-hearted approach to the work he does such a good at educating folks about american history but when you walk into his class there might be a beef no not b-52s um what's the guy i i don't know they do a lot of um music it's two guys on a guitar they are in that something about mary film they're those two that duo those sort of singer songwriters so have that sort of music playing yes and you walk in you're not sure where we're going with this but he also in that same sense um showed a video um that you and a local artist here lance canales um did as well for a different unit on history which i'd like to talk about at some point during this um interview so are you a professor that you know likes to like share a little bit of of that as well yeah definitely like i said you know music to me is in all aspects of my life and definitely in writing you know um Mm -hmm. you know my last book was based on a song by woody guthrie so you know there's that um i think for me honestly i come i come at it by way of like being a wannabe musician for many years and i can i was gonna ask you that too (laughs) like if you play anything um just because you have that sensibility 
Yeah, I mean, I've been around musicians long enough now to learn, pick up a few things. So I dabble, I dabble, but okay. not at all. But um, but yeah, you know, um, and so it's always influenced me doing spoken word, and you 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 know, you were a part of that. Uh, my early growth in that area, spoken word with musicians and collaborating, and and now much more in a, in a more deliberate fashion, you know, um, incorporating music with what I'm doing now, writing yeah. and performance. Um, but you know, like uh, one of the things is that um, yeah, I do, I do teach my students that way also. There's nice. this. Uh, I have a class called um, I think it's just called the poet and the storyteller. No, the po the poet and the uh, the singer and the poet or something like that. The singer and the poet, something like really generic like that. Um, but anyway, it's a yeah, it's about that. You know, a music um, informing poets and, and musicians informing poets and poets informing musicians. Yeah. You know? Allen Ginsberg was a big influence on the Beatles and John Lennon, on Bob Dylan, on those people who later on influenced, you know, other, you know, music, Beck and all kinds of other more contemporary musicians, you know, so all of that's in there. I have this one really cool little lesson. I'm going to geek out for a second here. No, please do. I'm geeking out right now. I just want, I want that syllabus. What you talking about? Yeah. I have this one really cool lesson. I think it's a cool lesson. You know, my students are, because they're younger, they look at me and they're just probably like, oh, <laughs> they'll appreciate it eventually. It will eventually. But, you know, there's this, um, there's this sort of theory, uh, literary theory, I would call it, I guess, uh, by this, uh, this man named Mikhail Bakhtin. And he, it's called, it's an essay called Carnival and Carnivalesque. And it talks about how everything in writing is, I mean, I'm breaking it, I'm minimizing, obviously, I'm making it really sort of, I'm simplifying it. But he talks about um, how everything in, in writing is really framed within the way we'd look at a carnival, you know, which is like you pay the price of admission, you suspend your disbelief at the door, you leave it, <laughs> you walk in, and anything can happen when you're inside of the carnival, uh -huh. right? And so, boom, cue up Wyclef Jean at the carnival. And <laughs> What, what, what anything can happen at the carnival. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I wouldn't see that coming. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> so we, we read that essay, The Carnival and Carnival-esque, and then we listen to Wyclef Jean's The Carnival, and, and which is the, you know, the album opens up with him saying, at the carnival, anything can happen. And yes. then the album goes all over the place, you know? It's like, yeah, that's how we oh. also contain our story yeah. and poems, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I use a lot of music in that. I love that. I love that analogy too. Shout out to Wyclef Jean. <laughs> um, I do too, and I forgot about that album. That I, I feel like I rocked that hard for a, a whole summer. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to dig that one out, Tim. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we start with Michael uh, Kaiwanuka, and we move into your second track, uh, which is Night Flyer by Miss Allison Russell, who I've not heard of before. Um, I, I did the research and then I was like, I, I, have, I bookmarked it because I'm gonna have to go back. Would you, would you like to share how you came about um, this artist and, and some of what went into your decision to add this very moving, yeah. I, oh, yeah. yeah, all the things. Alison Russell, when I think of storytellers um, and even like a, even an elevated sense of poetry, I think in music, um, she's she came she came well. I you know we listen to music we love and then we kind of start to follow that thread, and next thing you know, it takes us to somebody who we're like, where has this person been my whole life? Yes, don't you love that feeling though? I totally do. I just to go in someone's back catalog and be like, I don't know where I was when this was available, but I'm here for it now. Yep. Um, and for me, it started by listening to Rihanna Giddens, you know, who was with the Carolina Chocolate Drops. Um, and so she was folk music, right? Like, like indie folk. Oh, okay. 
of like Sorian and Giddens is really kind of credited with bringing, uh, well, with taking I think the uh, the history of the banjo back uh, to its origins. Oh, and, and uh, on the continent, no? Oh, for sure. She's I mean, okay. Really incredible stuff. This is so interesting because you know I have a weird thing about the banjo. Okay, well, you should you should check out Rihanna okay. because she takes it back to slave narratives. She sort of aligns the two. It's incredible. And so she's like a historian slash, you know, musician and story gatherer. Uh, is an incredible human being. Well, she has a band called, um, or she has like a super group of women. All the musicians in there do individual work. You should hear their, their, their music. Um, but the super group is called um, Our Native Daughters. And um, so Allison Russell is... I think the next one to break out from that group um and you know she's been doing a lot of stuff on her own but this her latest album um which uh what's the title of it? well i guess you could put it up but her latest album um you know when i first heard this album i was like well i love our native daughters i love what they're about to me honestly it was more i love listen i love what people are about doesn't mean that they make good music you know i mean at least what i would consider good music to my taste right you know, there's some folks doing amazing work out there in the world, but I don't really, you know, prefer their music. Uh, mm -hmm. This is not the case with Allison Russell or our Native Daughters. Their their music is so it really speaks to me. Um, it's ancestral based. It's diverse in not just uh, the stories they're telling, but also even in the languages they use. You know, oh wow, uh, Allison Russell. Um, you know, she incorporates French, uh, which is her own background as well. Um, you know, just all kinds of different, they use different um, languages inside of the, all of the music. So mm -hmm. they're really kind of looking at, um, I think, the bigger picture in terms of, you know, what, what we would consider maybe indie folk Americana, you know. Right. Um, these are all women of color, uh, you know, telling their own stories and stories of their family. It's very powerful music. So that's how I came upon Alison Russell's album. And um, I was like, you know, uh, let me just take a listen because I love their music. I clicked on the first track and I was just like, where has this been my whole, like, this is for me, this is medicine. She's mm -hmm. really saying something and making me rethink my whole, all my stuff, you know, like making me rethink everything. Like, um, as a writer, as a human being, as a father, as a man in the world, uh, you know, as a person of color. Um, and, and she does it in a very gentle way. You know, she doesn't hit anybody over the head. It's more like an invitation. Her music is like, oh, look, I'm inviting you in. I'm inviting you in to my, into my living room, into my, to my space here to listen to these sounds and to what I got to say. And if you take something away, cool. And if not, cool. That's the sense I get from her. But yeah, what I picked was Night Flyer, just because it's, um, I think it's probably the most invitational song of all of her album, yeah. <laughs> I love the way you said that, her most invitational. Um, yeah. And I just did a very brief, and it, it says, um, I guess the album title is Outside Child, and it says, Outside Child sheds light on the depths of a troubled past, growing up in Montreal with an abusive white stepfather, uh, revealing strength is the healing process of reclaiming childhood from predators' hands at which she suffered. Um, and it says, there's a line from it that says, I believe my ancestors must have been protecting me all along and now my daughter carries their strength. Son, the heaviest of things with the most poignant message too. Um, after I read that, I got the chills and I went and researched the lyrics to that song because I was listening to it um, and wanted to really feel it. And it's just, it's pure poetry. Um, 
It is. She's, I mean, anybody who's gone through the experiences that, that she's gone through, uh, you know, can say whatever the hell they want. You know what I'm saying right. at this point as a means of expression, as a means of outlet for sure. And many do, but I feel like Alison Russell has done the work. Not that it's going mm. to say, but I feel like she's gone down that journey, figured out where she's, where love stands still in her heart, where love is still, this is just my impression of her, obviously. Mm -hmm. I feel, this is what I get from her music, that she figured out that love is still the way. She's not embittered by it or anything else. She yes. figured out love is still the way. And so when she sings about those hard um, subjects that you're referring to, she still does it in a very loving and like I said, invitational way. It's like honey, the sound is beautiful. There's no, you know, the songs are not, they don't feel tragic. They feel very much like love and light. All the songs feel like light. So yeah. I say that because anybody who hasn't, who's never heard her and hears us talking about her subjects, you might be turned away just because you're like, that's a heavy music. I don't know if I'm, but when you hear her music, you're like, wow, she's yeah. just spoon feeding you like butter. You know, it's like, yeah. It's Honey. a nice bomb. Yeah, There's yeah. nothing, um, unless you, unless you read all of that, I would not have, that's not the feeling I got from it when I first heard it. That's why I thought I'm going to do a little research and yeah. was just kind of shocked, um, but yeah. understood. Okay. And as you said, this is a very open invitation to learn about that. And to, um, do you have the lyrics with you? I do. I do. You do? I do. Yes. Can I can I share them? Yes. If you don't mind, I would love for you to share those. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, it's kind of long. I'll, maybe I'll just read like some of the stanzas. Whatever you feel comfortable with. Cool. Yeah. And I, I want to say too, you know, really quickly before I read this, that, you know, as I'm looking at her lyrics here and before me, um, you know, it occurs to me that this is, I think, what I'm striving for as, as a human being, but also as an artist in my own writing. Like, how do we go through these difficult journeys in our lives, uh, journeys that can make anybody else bitter, journeys that can turn you off to love, turn off the light of hope. How do we go through these journeys and still produce at the end of it all, produce art that still comes from love and hope and yes. light? How do we do that? You know, and she does that. And so that's for me, one of the biggest attractions and pulls I have to her music is, you know, she does that. And I, I, want, I want to learn to do that. <laughs> so that, That's um, so well said too, um, because the work part of it sometimes takes the joy away from actually producing something um, or manifesting something joyful from that pain. And yeah. so when you can do that and still be this um, open, as you say, and, and uh, light, yeah. I commend you. And I have um, the utmost respect because we all want to get there. We just yeah. all do. And you can't fake that. You gotta really, Ooh. you can't call that in. Like you have to do the work. That's the only yeah. way there. <laughs> yes, yeah. there's no shortcuts on this one. Yeah. So yeah, that's the part that, you know, we're all working through, I guess. Mm -hmm. Cause I'll take a shortcut Tim. trust me. But I know that it's not the end all be all, you know? It only got me back to the same place. So, you know. Listen, yes, exactly. I'm like, oh, okay, that's why I'm back here. I, I see, yeah. Exactly. All right, so here are the lyrics. Um, <clears throat> it's called Night Rider. Uh, yeah, I'm a night. I'm a midnight rider, stone bona fide night flyer. I'm an angel of the morning too. The promise that the dawn will bring you. I'm the melody in the space between. Every note the swallow sings. I'm fourteen vultures circling. I'm that crawling, dying thing. I'm the smoke up above the trees. Good Lord, the fire and the branch, the branch that's burning. Lord, maybe you were sleeping, but Mary, she's not weeping no more. Uh-uh. 
Yeah, I'm a midnight rider, a stone bona fide night flyer. I'm an angel of the morning too, the promise that the dawn will bring you. I'm the sick light of a hurricane's eye. I'm a oh. violent lullaby. I am six fireflies, one street light. I'm a suffocating summer night. I'm each of his steps on the stairway. I'm his shadow in the door frame. I'm the tap tap of a lunar moth. I'm the stale beer on his breath. His soul is trapped in that room, but I crawled back in my mother's womb, came back out with my gold and my greens, and now I see everything. I'm just gonna stay right there. <clears throat> it goes on. Tony Morrison. Uh, yes. yes. There, there's so many different references, and you can feel um, all the things. I'm a sick light of, of a hurricane's eye. I'm a violent lullaby. Come yep. on. Yep. Oh, man. I know. I know. I'm the wounded bird. I'm the screaming hawk. I'm the one who can't be counted out. Yeah, she's, it's, it's just incredible. The whole, the whole thing. And yes, the whole, the whole thing. Is the whole, the whole album. album? That was my that was my next question. The, the song, okay. I, I almost chose yet another song called Persephone, which is a beautiful story that she. Well, no, I shouldn't say beautiful. It's a painful and yet beautiful story, but very painful. Um, mm -hmm. But Persephone is it's an incredible. Um, it creates a kind of almost like a movie image before your eyes as you hear as you hear her singing it. So it's anyways. Wow. All the album is like that. Yeah, it's great. I, I'm I'm serious. I can't wait to uh, check out um, Outside Child because. As I said, I wasn't familiar with her prior to this. And then just that little deep dive, I was just like, oh, he he's not playing this morning. He came, he came to uh, <laughs> to do his thing. I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, Tim, what kind of music did you grow up listening to? What did uh your your folks listen to in the house? Oh, are you kidding? Oh man, my parents listen to everything, but I listened to a lot of classic rock with my dad. You know, I used to, my dad was all into my mom and dad actually both. They listened like my dad was like the first one to ever introduce me to Iron Butterfly. Like, you know, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, <what is> that? <laughs> that's supposed to be like the, you know, the uncle, the cool uncle or somebody that does that, right? Yeah, Go ahead, Pops. We played Jimi Hendrix. Um, this is like literally my dad playing these songs, my mom playing like, uh, you know, Steppenwolf, you know, yeah. these rock bands. And then, but then right away they turn around and, and start playing like classic country music, you know, like Willie Nelson and uh, Johnny oh. Cash, you know, um, so the storytellers, the people who are being real with, with you know, their words and all that in there. And then uh, that was their music. Um, oh, and then they also listened to a lot of Tex-Mex, you know, um, Spanglish music. Yeah. You know, Cause that's where they're from so they danced a lot there's a lot of dancing in my house growing up um and so yeah that was my my parents music mine was obviously i think i probably the two that defined my youth growing up were, were hip-hop and punk that, that, was that was you're answering all the questions you know me so well you already know where i'm gonna go i love that um punk, yeah you, you mentioned uh older country music so have you seen and i i ask everybody this question have you seen this um show called tales from the tour bus no it's a mike judd um judge i think is his last name the king of the hill dude yeah 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 no i haven't seen that so it's on amazon prime um i purchased it because the first seat well not for the first season the second season is on funk so it's eight very succinct episodes animated about um funk pioneers on the outskirts right that may you know, uh, well, not on the outskirts. I can't explain it, but it's amazing, right? It was so amazing. I watched it a million times. 
that I thought, let me just check out the first season. The first season is on outlaw country. I'm not a country fan. Well, I thought I wasn't a country fan, right? But I have friends that always use that term outlaw. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And the folks you just referenced, um, Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson, um, along with Waylon Jennings and um, all those sort of folks, technically, I guess, for Outlaw Country because they had a different story to tell and weren't part of that cookie cutter, like uh, is it the Grand Ole Opry sort of scene. Um, I think you would really like it. It's, it's a good story. It's 30 minutes. Um, they get the folks that were there. They ask them questions. You get to learn um, a lot more about a genre of music that you might, because I'll be honest, I only, the reasons I don't like country, I'm sure are very obvious um, if you know me. And it's like, if I hear a hee-haw, I'm not feeling comfortable. That's just not how I roll. I shouldn't be here, right? I, I take care of myself. I'm not getting in no precarious situation because y'all want to go to a country bar. But if you explain to me all these backdoor things and I get to understand Willie Nelson on a on a different level and I get to understand Johnny Cash on a different level, then I can allow myself to hear those sounds differently and 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 enjoy them. Which I'm so glad as an older adult I've allowed because for years I was like, that's not for me. It's just don't speak to me. Well, I wasn't listening to the right things. I don't know if I'm even, I don't necessarily go seek them out either, but um, you mentioned the banjo earlier. I know I only dislike that banjo for certain things, you know what I mean? But once someone explains to you, you have this visceral feeling because of all these other things, but let me tell you about this history. I'm all about that and I like doing that work. So um, I say all that to say, I like the approach of your parents listening to all these forms of music and it, it informed you. And you know, I think that was one of the things that probably early on, I mean, not probably actually, definitely early on shaped, I think the way I look at stories and the power of stories, why I do what I do now, which is not just writing, but gathering stories. Look, I'll be honest, you know, the book to me is an afterthought. Writing a book is like, to me, it used to be the at the forefront. It's not anymore. It's I'm not? More, I'm, I'm no, heck no. I'm more interested huh. in conversations now. Like <sighs> if I could just, and in fact, I'm trying to figure this out right now. That's what I'm on right now. It's how do I just go and just have conversations with people and, you know, forget the book. <laughs> I do. My ticket into these communities, you know, I get to travel all over the place now and talk to people I would never have otherwise had a chance to talk with because they know I'm writing a book. You know, yes. so they're like, they'll listen to me and they'll give me time. Without a book, though. Because uh-huh. <laughs> that to me is really where the, the beauty is at, is that exchange of stories. And like you said, you know, when we hear someone's story or we hear the story of, a, of how something was shaped, we, we can't help but but suddenly have that resonate with us in some way, in a way that at least makes us open to listening, you know? Yeah. And that to me is the gold right there. How do yeah. we get to a place where we're open to listening to music? Exactly. Music? Yeah. Music is such the vehicle for me to do that. If you want to trick me into something, you might want to, that might be the way to do it. I'll say no more. I don't need a, any more trickeration in my life. But yeah, <laughs> that is exactly how it happens. For sure. Dude, Benjamin Booker, how come How come today, how come this morning is the first day I heard of this man? And it, it kind of made me a little weepy. Witness on Sunday morning? What are you doing? Talk to me. The Mavis Staples featuring also Mavis Staples. In oh. the- I get it. 
my only my only complaint about Benjamin Booker is he hasn't come out with another album. <laughs> oh, album. this is only one? No, no, no. He's only got two. But it's okay, like, I want to say it's been at least maybe six, seven years. You know me. Come I'm on, Benjamin. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so out there, and I've watched him perform. Um, actually, this is how I saw how I found out of him because I saw him on Austin City Limits. <gasps> I love that show. Yes. My couch and all of a sudden this dude came out with a guitar and he was singing the song Witness and I was just like, what is this man saying? And I was like, oh, where is, who is this? And it's, yes. Um, you know, his voice and he's just he's a young cat, but he sounds like this old soul, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, I picked this song because for me, I was thinking of the subject storytellers, but there's always a witness in the storytelling. You know, there's always got to be a witness. There. Mm -hmm pass the story on and sometimes we're the witness sometimes others are but obviously there's there's a kind of um even a, a spiritual connotation about the witness yeah. work and which is deliberate you know bringing in someone like Mavis Staples also who's got <laughs> yes. but, um, but his words in this song are like I don't know what you tell me what you think you know <laughs> all I thought was um either this is someone that I missed early on because it's such a retro sound that it, he could be from a different era or this is someone that went through all of those trials and tribulations and it says that he was um that he's from new orleans so i would imagine that has to have something to do with it it's so rich and evangelical without being evangelical um I just, I was floored. I can't wait to dig into them two albums. I thought the man had a catalog, but we gonna get there because, uh, and it's a reflection on racism um, in America while drawing on the blues and soul and all the things that I think um, helped me personally uh, to understand the terrain and be okay with things and grow and allow others in my life. And Witness just did it, sir. You know, what I love too is Benjamin, and we haven't talked about this in terms of singing musicians or singers, but I love his tone. You know, Benjamin Booker's tone is like his vocal tone. It's, it has the right humility, the right humbleness, and at the same time, the right edge, yes. you know, that, that can, confidence, that confidence to it, that strength behind it. You know, yeah. that to me is like, I mean, that is a hard combination, you know, to, to figure out. He just got <laughs> Yes. He naturally got that. Yes. His tone is like, you know, it makes you feel like, you know, like here's a, here's a sincere soul just trying to tell you. Yes. I mean, like pounding. Yes. <laughs> Can I get a witness? I feel, yeah. I totally feel that. You know, a sincere soul that's just like giving it to you. Um, so you mentioned, uh, you know, these different artists and the different trajectory. Um, as a father, do you think that art has um changed your approach to fatherhood over the years do you think that you've grown into becoming um who you are with with both those mediums sort of helping shape that yeah you know that's a that's a big question um you know but definitely uh the writing i think has always helped me just uh it gave me an opportunity to ref all these years it's given me an opportunity to reflect back on who I am and am I being real with myself? You know, that's To me, that's always the question when I write. Am I being real with what I'm saying? And by that, I mean, you know, am I pulling the wool over my own eyes when I write mm. stuff? Or when I, when I talk about this or community, am I doing the work myself? Like where do, and, and that's exactly what, that's the question, am I doing that work myself? And that's exactly what being a father, um, 
you know, raising two children, a uh, single parent, you know, um, to me, that's the work that now uh, rests on my shoulders. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's like, like, you know, <clears throat> and this is, uh, let me, this is actually why uh, I, I chose the witness uh, Benjamin Booker song, because it leads into the next song, um, which is my beautiful boy. And we'll get to that in a minute. But, but I felt like there's so much happening now in this world that scares me and definitely scares my children, I know, because we talk about it a lot. Um, you know, I'm raising a young boy, a young man of color in this world, you know, in this in this country. And I'm raising a young daughter also uh, of color in this country, you know. Uh, so they, they've got just by just by being born, they've already got sort of marks on their backs, you know, and I know them because I've gone through those experiences myself, you know. Um, and it's not easy, you know, uh, it's not easy. And every time I see you know, like what Benjamin Booker sings about, I see police brutality on TV, um, or I see anybody, a, a female, um, you know, um, politician who's being disrespected and mistreated completely. These things, uh, rather than me pointing my finger outward and saying, man, those, those dudes are wrong, or they shouldn't be doing that. I always first think, now, what I've been thinking, you know, in the last several years now is, you know, where am I implicated in that? Like, where do I have responsibility in that? How do I do that in my daily life? Mm. How am I that way? And and by example, my, you know, the example that, that my children see, you know, um, am I living up to that? Am I living up to what I'm writing about? And if I'm mm. not, then I should either stop writing about it or I should start being about it, you know? Um, and so for me, that's always the question uh, now, uh, more recently, like I said, it's been more like, I think I've always been sort of leading myself in that direction, but I just, you know, you get older, you get older, you get gray hair and suddenly you start to like, you know, stop <laughs> stop well, or a pandemic too. Let's, let's, let's add oh, that in there too. Right. Um, the times have, have created a space where you do need to think about these things. And that's honestly what um, my writing has been about lately, my own work, my own art. It's been about that contemplation right there. Like if I'm going to go out and, 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 you know, preach about better community and, and love thy neighbor and all these beautiful things. And where, where am I failing that in my own life? Where are my own flaws and how do I heal those wounds and how do I repair them? And how do I come correct for my children's sake, my son as a young man in this world, and my daughter as a young woman coming up in this world, how mm -hmm. do I be the example, you know? So it's, it's changed a lot of things for me. I've changed a, a lot of things up in my own daily life, you know, but, but certainly the way that I make sense of all that is through the writing, like through right. the writing. And, and in fact, um, well, maybe not now, but in a little bit, if we have time, I'd like to share a little poem, but, but um, please. anyways, yeah. So that's, that's where, that's what the music is doing for me. That's what it's all, that's how it's working on me. No, I, and that's a brilliant answer. I appreciate you being candid and sharing that because I think oftentimes myself included, I forget that I need to um, look at what I'm um, portraying as well. And is, is this genuine? Is this really who you are? Do you have the grace to accept that maybe that's not what others see and do that work and 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 try and um, be a better human? I really have been trying to be a better human for years now. Yeah. And it makes me try harder because I'm not there. Um, but it also, makes me want to ask others that same question and to just offer just to make sure that you forgive yourself for things you feel like you didn't do right um as adults i i, I ask that of all the people i love just just take time it doesn't have to be all the time but at least occasionally to just look at yourself and forgive yourself for things you think you you know yeah. didn't do well because that's part of the process too we can't always be you know team a 
or B. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of actually what my last song choice is of the five um, oh. here in spirit. It's it's kind of more like it's about saying, okay, let's forgive ourselves now. Let's get back to our light. Let's get back to our own divinity that we, that. Uh. We, with, you know that we that we've inherited just by the fact that we were born you yes. know, and celebrate that like and to me that was the last song of, of you know and I love I love this song I wake up to it in the morning sometimes it's called here in spirit by Jim James that song to me is like you know it's like a way to just uh, yeah it's a way to just rise up you know yes right? yes well we're gonna get there but first we got to okay. do my beautiful boy because I'd never heard this song either um, my man's from Alabama. I see that you're very Southern in this um, little component of this. I don't know if you realize that. That's my, um, I personally feel like that, I feel very Southern as well, even though I'm born and raised in California. Can you talk a little bit about why you chose this group, Phosphorescent, My Beautiful Boy? Yeah, you know, I mean, I know why I chose the song. I can't tell you why I'm in the, I'm in the Southern, uh, you know, region right now with music. Ah. You know, I, don't, I don't know. I, didn't, I, had not thought, I hadn't thought about that until you just mentioned it. It's so comforting. I don't know. Well, maybe not to everybody, but in this space in my life, I feel right. there's, su there's such a connection there, and I'm not sure why. Well, yeah, I mean, on right. both sides, my family are from the South, so yeah. I'm sure that has something to do with it. But there are other reasons, I'm sure. I mean, a lot of folks have been... You know, a lot of folks have been, there's been a lot of wounds in the South. And a lot of folks have been doing a lot of work for a lot of yes. most of us there, you know? Yes. Maybe that's, maybe that's a part of it. I don't know. And we appreciate that too. Like we, that doesn't go unnoticed. Like we know those folks who are doing it and, um, and maybe you know. because of Texas lately too now. So, you know, maybe there's ah, just, you know. It's creeping in. It's creeping in. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, exactly. So who knows? But Phosphorus, and I love this band. Um, they just kind of got a, an alt, you know, kind of the newer wave, the newer uh, sort of group of musicians coming out of like that sort of alt country sound, you know. Um, and, and anyway, uh, but Phosphorus and good, good band. Um, the song, My Beautiful Boy, um, <clears throat> is a song that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it's one of the songs I play a lot, you know, um, I think about it just like I said, it helps me think about, you know, my children, obviously on this one, it, it alludes to my boy, my son, Salvador, but, but um, I also think of my daughter quite a bit, even with this, with this same song, you know, I think about, um, and I have songs for her too, I thought, I thought well, maybe I, if we do a whole episode on fatherhood, I'll just break out all those songs too, you know, but yeah. this is one for sure that I thought, you know, would be really good to bring in, Phosphorescent to me, they're, they're very subtle poets, they're like minimalist poets, I feel like. <laughs> They just tell you just enough that you need so that you can make the leap and make those connections on your own, make those associations on your own. They don't give you too much, you know, um, but but the music and the sentiment speaks through uh, most of it. Um, and <clears throat> I was listening to Phosphorescent song, My Beautiful Boy, and, um, you know, just contemplating things that were happening in the news and all that. And I ended up writing a poem. And I, if you're all right, if I got a little time, I could share that poem. Oh, we have as much time as we need. Oh, sweet. Yes, um, please. Cool, cool, yeah. Um, this one's actually, this poem, I'll just tell you, it's a little long because it's it's kind of like a, yeah, it's a little long, but it's worth it. It's worth it. I promise I, you. That. I know this. All right. <clears throat> um, all right. <clears throat> it's called The Talk. And this will go with that song, My Beautiful Boy, Phosphorescent. Um, the Talk, Talisman for Salvador. In here, my son, when I give you consequences, you can trust it's from love. You can trust it's not from hatred or some misdirected hostility over the angle of your cheekbones or because you were invisible and therefore discardable, or because you're too visible and therefore a threat. 
Each time I ask you to pick up after yourself, take you by the hand, pull you to the shower. Each time I say to you, this is how you properly sweep a floor. This is how you properly fold your clothes. This is how you make a bed. This is how you say goodnight. Why you kiss friends like this, not like this. Why I tell you no means no, because it does. This is how you speak to people with respect and your elders with reverence. This is why I cannot let you get away with small words like shit or damn or fuck and why I practice these words away too with great care and I blow it at every opportunity. Because in here you are a loved boy. In here I will handle you with care and tenderness and correct you with purpose. I will allow you the space to fall and cry and break and whimper and ask questions without answers and guess without shame and live your mistakes out loud without judgment and dance around in your underwear unabashedly in love with yourself and still consider you in here a warrior out there my son out there out there love doesn't come so easily out there out there they will not exercise patience with you out there they've made up their minds about you out there, they have seen a hundred boys who look like you, sound like you, move like you, joke like you, flex like you, smile. They know exactly what to do with boys like you. They may have even once been you, but learned to discount their own impression, or they didn't have a safe place like in here to turn to when a threat appeared. Out there, words like shit or damn or fuck will get you posted at the fence during recess, will get you a busted lip at a gas pump, will get you chased, could get you cornered, could get you before a judge and say, consider yourself lucky. Out there, they got no love for a dark-skinned brown boy with black hair, black pupils, and light in his eyes, joy on his face, confident with his place in the world. Out there, how easily they forget that you're somebody's son, and they don't know. How could they? How could they know that when you were born, you spent three months Three whole months in a glass case with armholes through which we could tickle your amber skin with fingertips unable to hold you. This is how first the world was introduced to you at such a cruel distance, my God, to be born into a new realm, unable to grasp at anyone, anyone familiar. Do they know what irreparable damage they might have done? All we had then to connect with you was voice. All we have now is voice. And so we sang to you, your mother and I. Your mother and I whispered good night and good mornings and we came to rely on the invisible as I am relying on the invisible right now. This is not a poem. It's not a prayer. In every way, this is a talisman, an amulet, a Hail Mary. If I speak this into being, then the universe could not be so cruel as to target you. This word, these, these words, this paper is my offering to those, those malign deities of fate. I present to you, universe, the boy, this boy of color, this man of color, this tender, beloved citizen of this country, this youngest brother of three, this son to a Mexican mother and a father who found his way, this boy, the endling of Hernandez men who walks the sidewalks and dirt paths as a human worthy of dignity. Let him walk, let him stumble, let him fall and rise up again. Let him carry the burden of his own error. Give him room to evolve and grow and shrink, correct himself, but give him room, no. Out there is not in here, my son. Out there, if they call you son, it's not a good thing. Only your mother and I call you son. It means love. Out there, they will not call you by name, will not honor the history of your three regal syllables. Sal, salt of the earth, va, to go, fly, dor, the opening, the invitation, walk through it, say it with me, salvador. Will they know that it means savior? Will you know? Are you listening to me? Give me a minute.
Yeah. <clears throat> just, just one moment, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. So, since I know young Salvador, and uh, that's just beautiful. That's that's what I want to say. <clears throat> Thank you, Dee. I appreciate that. It and you know we all have these um, moments where the news is just overwhelming oh and, and you just want to hug I, I do personally you know i've always loved kids and have yeah. all these nieces and nephews but i'm always scared now yeah. so i love that you um, i love that you understand that um, yeah. you can share that with your son and it means so much that we get to hear it also. Thank you. Yeah. We can share yeah. too. And I don't know, you may know this. I think you do know this, but that's kind of it was it was an experience like that 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 um that we see still resonating across the country, still happening across the country, I mean, and, and resonating in all of our households that um you know, uh, my uncle was shot and killed while unarmed and back in 1995. And it was that one single incident that turned me into a poet. It was the moment I felt like I needed to say something. And so this was kind of going circling back to that idea um, in a very well literal and poetic way, of course, but it meant a lot to me to even write it out. And it, and it, and it actually hurt to write this poem out, but I caught myself thinking, you know, if, if before a cop ever decided to end a life that person's life flashed before their eyes, if their story, if their story could flash before their eyes. I wonder if that would change things. I don't know, but I wonder, you know, if their story of the person's yeah. life you're about to take is it flashed before your eyes from birth to this moment. Yes. You know, um, and so that's kind of what that idea, that image in my head is what inspired me to, to write this. I wanted, I was like, well, you know, I can't tell some future cop or or authority figure who might come across my son one day. Yeah. I can't read, read him this poem, but the best I can do is cast this poem out into the universe and right. let, it be, let it be there. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thank, Thank you for, for sharing that. Thank you for giving me the space to share that too. I know it was a long poem and I appreciate it. No, it didn't. It wasn't long and it didn't feel like that. And I think it's necessary. And I think it um, has its place in this singer songwriter list, like like it's made for this. And so uh, the storytellers, poetry, all those things. And also that Southern light, that, um, that warmth that I feel when I think about the folks that are from that region who have made it possible for us to even be able to speak freely and do the things that I think aren't encouraged as often as they should be in others. And that you're doing that work just makes me just so happy to know you. Um, so yes, thank you for that. Uh Repeat after me. I will be sucker free. You've entered the listening You've zone. Entered the listening zone. Sucker free Sunday podcast with Cloudy J and Devoya. We talked about um, what your parents listened to when you were growing up, but we didn't talk about. Um, you said that you the genres that you personally sort of gravitated towards were hip hop and punk. What are the um, the pivotal groups and those two um, fronts you think helped shape you as well? 
are there some pioneers or some random yeah. DIY bands that you'd like to share with us that help shape Tim Hernandez? Yeah, for sure. And you know, that's a good question. That's a, that's something that I've only recently asked myself came to the awareness first of all like wait a minute there was some early punk music too i mean hip-hop for sure but there was some early punk music that really influenced even some of the way i'm writing and thinking today you know mm -hmm. i mean like you know we, we don't think about that stuff because in our life it was just a little hiccup in time you know but, <laughs> yeah that's true I mean, when you that's get true to my age when you're, when you're 47 suddenly there's like a hiccup everything's a hiccup <laughs> man listen you know i know about that hiccup <laughs> Uh, Always drinking water, trying to get rid of it. Taking deep breaths. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, but you know, yeah, there were there were bands back then that um, you know, that spoke. Now here I was, like you know, a uh, 16, 17, 18 year old, 10, 19, even up to 19, uh, you know, skateboarding uh, around uh, the Central Valley, you know, in the town of. <laughs> skateboard constantly my hair nose rings I'm, i was just going for it. i did the whole thing i did the whole thing you know and uh <clears throat> was punk rocked out and i was listening to bands like one of my favorite bands actually was operation ivy back then oh i remember them yeah yeah and um who later on um you know uh became i think rancid and they moved on to other oh i didn't know that got a little bit more uh, mainstream i think as 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 music got a little more alternative, you know, the mainstream became more alternative in the 90s and suddenly they started kind of finding yeah. a niche in there. But Operation Ivy to me was, they were powerful. They were speaking, uh, you know, they were really speaking to my politics, to what I what I was, the things I was seeing and under, the way I was understanding the world for myself, mm -hmm. the things I felt, the injustices I felt. And here were these like white boys really, really going for it, like yeah. really going for what, you know, what they believed in. Um, and that music to me just just spoke to me, um, you know, so I listened to like music like that, even Suicidal Tendencies to me was one of the groups that, I mean, I don't know if they would necessarily be considered punk, but definitely around at that time, uh, one of the bands that influenced me a lot too, because of the narratives, the stories that they were telling. These were all, you know, the, at least the punk music I was listening to were really narrative based, you know, they were telling stories about right. stories seen in the streets people that they knew personally huh. shit that i never going thought on. about that yeah and i was yeah. like you know um and as somebody you know and it was always sort of a police brutality even within you know punk music constantly true you know? There were, uh, you know, poverty. They talked about poverty often uh, from their own personal experiences as, you know, young people growing up. Those things spoke to me, you know. Um, this was before I knew I was Chicano, you know. <laughs> wow, yeah. And you got these, you know, that's suburban right. <laughs> kids yeah. I mean, breaking it down. That's right. And I say that really kind of because, you know, it wasn't until I was in college that I realized that there was actually this this literary legacy uh, that came around, Chicano literary legacy, that that if I read the books and the poems, I could identify myself with. Uh -huh. I didn't know that that existed prior to uh, college. Right. Um, and so what I was gravitating toward were the narratives of punk music and, and hip hop. That were the closest things I think that spoke to me and that even sort of, you know, um, I think, paralleled some of what I was going through in my life also. So those are the things I turned to um, and, and also hip hop, like I said, you know, um, I was, and at the time too, I was really into bands that were fusing, a lot of fusion between rock and, and hip hop, you know, I mean, yeah. even when, I mean, the first band that I blew up was, I mean, obviously to me, it was like the collaboration of Run DMC and, and Aerosmith, you know, when they did Walk This right. Way, I was like, this is my people. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you know, grew up with classic rock yeah. too. 
totally. I hear I yeah. had in 80s, uh, living in, in Tulare County in the 80s on a skateboard, you know, uh, you know, finding finding ditch banks in the middle of orange groves and skating on that stuff, you know, and then uh -huh. we, and then all of a sudden Walk This Way comes out and I was just like, I love this rock progression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, later on, you know, I mean, Beastie Boys, obviously I liked them a lot too early on, but you know, just even just more straight hip hop I was really into as well, you know, um, not necessarily. Later on, Rage Against the Machine started yeah. much more because they were taking what those earlier cats did and kind of really just kind of making it their own too. Um, yeah, yeah, so that music, um, all of it was just really influential to me you know all of it was um something that i constantly listened to and returned to over and over again yeah and that diy aesthetic has always been part of of you as well so i think all those things it wasn't maybe just the music but the way they dressed and the way they created yes. the merch and things of that nature maybe that's all you were the first person i ever knew that made their own chat books yeah yeah, yeah. You know? Well, you know i mean i can't claim that you know but yeah i mean you know i, I yeah definitely i was I was looking at other people make their own chat books and I was like, what, you can do that? Okay. Yeah. And then in the chat books, I'd put little inserts here and things like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, you know me, Devoya, because you and I have been friends long enough. And, you know, even before I had ever anything published ever, um, I was, um, I remember one time I was at a Goodwill store. I think it was there in Fresno and I found this book. I want to say it was like a science and cosmos book, a hardcover book. Mm -hmm. And I went home and I literally were, I was printing out my poems and stapling them into those pages. And sometimes I was like painting white, some of the pages white, and then I would write my own things. I was recreating my own book. And so I got to yeah. go to these readings and carrying this book around and reading from this book. And people would be like, is that your book? And I'd be like, well, it's mine, but. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to sort of, I wanted to put that cloak on. I wanted to, you know, there were things, hey, look, you know, we all know this as as dreamers and ambitious people with goals and dreams in our lives. You know, we gotta we gotta wear that costume sometimes. We gotta mm -hmm. figure it out to know that this is what we want, to envision yep. it, to manifest it. And so yep. for me, you know, at the time I didn't I didn't think about it that deep. I just was like, I know I want something and this is how if I gotta do it this way, I'm gonna do it this way. Right. That DIY mentality. And you're right. Um, I mean, and here I am now, you know, with yeah. books in my belt. So I love that. I love that. And one in the works as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, the DIY attitude that all those groups had back then to me definitely an influence. You know, everything was DIY back then. We, you know, the punk rock. Uh, you know, I remember putting on like you know making my own uh, jean jacket, putting all kinds of different things, drawing on it, art. Yeah. Um, I still do that to this day, even with my kids. You know. To me school. too. Me They're too. Yeah, exactly. We draw our own stuff and make our own clothes. And oh, that's know. so dope. Yeah, I'll go to places and I'm like, oh, that's what they're drawing on Vans shoes? I oh, will do that at home. <laughs> oh my God, I love it that they can just, you know, ask you like, yo, I want something different too. Like you came to the right spot because this is your dad and you knew this is how, this is how I roll. They know me, I'm like- I love that, I love that. I can make anything happen, you know? <laughs> yes, word up, word up. Jim James, as you know, is uh, someone that I love. Um, I don't know if a lot of folks know that um, my morning jacket was one of my was one of my faves, and I just love him as a solo artist. And so when I saw him on your list, I was all geeked up. Um, but I hadn't heard this song, and then I just you know, Sundays, man, all the feels, all the feels. I love the sequencing of your playlist because you end at here in spirit with Jim James. Can you talk a little bit about that for us? with us you know jim james i mean like oh crap sorry no you're fine um 
Yeah, I love my morning jacket. Also, I didn't know about Jim James uh, doing his own solo work, you know, until much years later, really. Um, same, and same here. All of a sudden, I was like, this is like the essence of my morning jacket. Like, this is the distilled. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I'm like, uh, this is the nugget inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I was recently, uh, I was back in, in the valley and I was, I saw, we were up uh, hiking around the Sequoia National Park and I saw a guy with a My Morning Jacket shirt and I was like, oh, my people! Yeah, I love that shirt, man. He was like happy, his wife was just like... <laughs> yeah! But, um, you know, Jim James is a visionary. He's, he's such a creative soul, like he's so created with not just you know he's willing to experiment and explore um, by any means necessary you know, he employs different ideas different sounds his own voice even his own lyrics the things he, he just he's just an all-around artist you know and but this song to me is sort of like when Jim James finally like sits down has his cup of tea and really is like what did I do today and then here it comes to me this is the song that he's like going okay this is the Jim James sort of focus on on sort of you know just reflecting on what he's done as an artist for the day or what he's done you know his work um and the lyrics st <clears throat> the song starts off by saying no compromise like that's that's the song here in spirit is no compromise but willing to sacrifice believe what you want go on and be who you are get out and get what you want like you know that's just but it, the way he oh. does that it's such a beautiful poem uh no compromise you know um and then he really just sort of you know, after going through this journey of these other four songs, Jim James' song really kind of picks up your pieces and puts you back together and then like sets you free, you know, that's yeah. the feeling of this song. Um, I, like I said, I wake up to it in the morning sometimes, uh, you know, it's just a, one of those songs that you've got in your, in your sort of back little pocket that, yeah. you know, whenever you need to just feel good, it always works. Yes, I, I do. I have that little arsenal at my disposal, more so lately than before, but... Um, yeah, I could see where this would, would, would fit nicely in there. Yeah, for me, um, you know, and again, you know, this idea of um, the storyteller uh, or the poet, you know, I think Jim James is somebody who exemplifies that 100% because of, um, like I said, his experimental nature, but also in the way that he's willing to sometimes agitate your, your the way you are, your sense of being for the moment through his music, he'll agitate you, he'll kind of mm -hmm. disturb you sometimes, and then but then he'll also, also always sort of give you a nice landing pad at the end, you know. Yeah. Not that all stories have that, but definitely I think, and his don't all have that either, but uh, but this song to me is that. He's like, it's the one time where Jim James decides, okay, I'm going to be generous, and then he just gives us this. <laughs> he gives us a feather bed. Yeah, that's right. This <laughs> Jim James feather bed. Yeah. It's a beautiful song, yeah. How do you yeah. stay sucker free, Tim? I just don't listen to the suckers anymore. You know? Word <laughs> up. Oh my God. I just learn how to filter them all out. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You know, um, and I, I mean, I just, you know, I just, uh, as Mavis Staple sings, keep your eyes on the prize, you know, I mean, you know that, like to me, I just say, you know, you know, as we get older too, I mean, here I am now, I sound like, I sound like one of my old uncles, you know, at the barbecue, you know, I feel, like, I feel it though, but I feel like an old uncle at the barbecue now, which is, which is a blessing. I, feel I like do too. Isn't it? For sure. I mean, yeah. I'm loving. I'm loving this phase of my life. I'm loving it. You know. I'm surprised that I am. I really am. I. Yeah. I'm surprised that I feel good about it. Like 
Oh wow, I do know a few things. Yeah. That that um, is a bug out to me. Like when someone asks my opinion about something and I give them an appropriate response and it works. I'm yeah. like, oh, I feel like I'm. I know. I know a little something now. Okay. Yeah. It's it's odd. I did not see that happening. Yeah, that's right. And I think I just <clears throat> avoiding the suckers for me was like, I just, I just, it wasn't about, it wasn't about avoiding anybody, actually. It wasn't about anybody else at all. In fact, it was just about redirecting my life saying like, you know, what are my priorities now? Like, where am, where am I? And my priorities shifted. In fact, you know, I mean, from, from, like I said, even my books, you know, at one point, all I wanted to do was write books, you know, and have my name on a book. That's no longer my, you know, that's not, that's no longer what wakes me up in the morning, you know? Uh -huh. um, and of course, because I've been able to do enough of it that I feel, you know, I've published six books so far um, and I have more ideas for books for sure. And I'm working on one now, but but um, that's not what wakes me up in the morning. You know, what wakes me up in the morning, uh, you know, I've had to re I had to sort of reprogram what what does wake me up in the morning? What do I care about? What are my priorities? And and focusing on my path, on my journey, which obviously includes my kids at the front of that. Mm -hmm. um, and then and then like you know my own relationship to myself and to others and then like writing is like the third or fourth thing now back there you know which wow. is kind of like so in that kind of restructuring of my life like it's just the suckers just fall away you know i think of i think of michael franti's beautiful words um when he says you know uh if the only if you want to scare away the vampires you just got to simply guide them into the light so, <laughs> i don't remember that but yes I might steal it, Michael. <laughs> Word up. I don't got to rock garlic. I can just, I can just trick y'all into, no, not trick, guide y'all into the light. <laughs> I really am on some trickeration type situations lately. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Shout out to my grandpa, Wesley Pearson. He always, he always taught me to beware of trickeration. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Wesley, Pearson. Wesley Pearson. Wesley Pearson. Rest in peace. Beautiful. That's cool. Yeah. So that's that's how I stay sucker free. I just I just yeah. stay in my, my lane. Good for you. Good for you. Um, you mentioned that you uh, are in Texas now, and you have um, been writing. Is there uh, are there projects that you'd like to share? Um, that you know might be available virtually for folks or anything of that nature that you want to shout out before we wrap things up because i know your central valley family um would love to support whatever you're doing wherever you are but um you know maybe don't have that information so yeah you know i mean i won't talk about anything specific of projects right now but i will okay. say that you know, through the pandemic and even prior to the pandemic, I'd say about a year prior to the pandemic in 2019, uh, leading up to the pandemic, uh, I had already been kind of, like I said, refocusing and reconfiguring what mattered to me and where do I want to put my energy now, mm -hmm. and um, my creative energy, speaking in terms of career-wise with my writing, you know, my, my art, my art. And um, so when 2020 happened, I had already been on, on a year sort of into this mindset that when 2020 hit i was like this is a blessing in disguise you mm -hmm. know i'm going to do something with my time i'm going to if i'm inside i'm going to incubate i'm going to come out with you know wings somehow you know whatever that means i don't know yet i'll figure that out along the way so in that process i started to just think bigger i started mm -hmm. to think i started to think well not 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 even bigger maybe that's not the right word but i started to think 
without constraints, without boundaries. I started to think without uh, the barriers that I put on myself, my own doubts, my own self-doubt, my own whatever they were that are barriers. And so all the things I've started to put my energy into and the projects I began to work on, um, for me, are still always about stories at the end of the day and about um, the power of our own stories. But uh, they go beyond the page. I'm working now on projects that are that are not even writing anymore. So a lot of them, one of the, a couple of them, are writing projects. Uh, I'm working on a new book of poetry. Um, Yay! So that's one, I'm glad to hear that. That's one thing I'll drop out there is I'm working on a new collection of poetry that um, that I'm. I just I just the poem I just shared with you um, is from that collection I'm working on. But they're really introspective poems about fatherhood, I think, and probably just about like I said, everything we've talked about here today. But um, <laughs> I'm also thinking of stuff and performance, you know, because that's one of my loves and um, music, music as well. I've been really big on, into that. And so all these aspects now I'm kind of branching out. And for me, and you know, Devoya, I've been somebody who's always sort of had my hand in, in, in art and murals and painting yeah. and theater and, and all these kinds of different things. And so I'm just trying to look at how do I create art now that incorporates everything I love doing. So that's really it today. Those are the projects I'm working on. Hope to, I don't know. I think in the next year or two, you'll start to see some of that manifest, you know, hopefully okay. a couple of years at least for sure. Yeah. All right. I, I like it. Um, you've always, as you say, been a, well, as I say, been a Renaissance dude. And I think the more that we get um, comfortable with who we are and that we're vast, I think the more we're able to manifest those, those dreams that, that were a little dormant just because of our own issues, you know? I'm always in the way of my shit. Ain't nobody else doing that. That's right. And also the more we, we've learned how to tune out the other voices, you know, we suddenly are more attuned with what, with our own. And, and I mean, that's like a no brainer for folks, I'm sure, but, but it's also very hard to do uh, as you're coming up in the world, you listen to a lot of voices constantly. And that's one thing the pandemic has given us the opportunity to do is listen to our own voice. If we chose to, if we choose to, you know, and so yeah. For me, um, that's kind of what I've been, it's not easy, it's damn hard, but I've been learning to do that and I feel like that's a part, that's the other side to being boundless and, and creating without you know, these kind of constraints is also, can you hear your own voice and, and work from there? Anyways, that's kind of where I feel like I've been at. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I, um, I'm glad you took the time out to sit with us today on my favorite day of the week um and share your story and share this dope playlist and i couldn't ask for a better way to enjoy my sucker free sunday than to be here with you tim thank you so much it's so you know it's a pleasure always talking with you and you know you're such a light in the community there not just in the, not just in fresno but in the san joaquin valley and it, and it goes beyond that you know across california across the globe i know you've been doing stuff everywhere shining your light for years you know for years and so it's an honor for me you know that it's always an honor for me to talk with you so i appreciate that well, thank you. And please, this platform is, it's helpful to me in so many ways. And it's not something that I just want to hold to myself. So, you know, if you want to come back, if you want to guest host, all the things, all of it's up to you. Um, but yeah, it's here. All right. Thank you so much. All right. You have a beautiful day and love to the kids for me too. Sure will. Take care. All right. You too. Thank you.